talk to you about being formed and restored. How many of you know that we serve a God of restoration? You know, we serve a God that wants to restore mankind. And if you would, turn in your Bibles, or I tell you what, just look up here, and we'll, we'll go to Jeremiah, the 18th chapter, verses 1 through 6. It says, the word, of the, Lord came to Jer- the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, and he said, Arise and go down to the potter's house, where I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there, was, there he was working at the wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he, re- he reworked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to do. Then the word of the Lord came to me. O house of Israel, can I not do with you as the potter has done, declares the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Let's pray and uh, just uh, give this to God today. Father, as we come before you, we just thank you for your work of restoration in our lives. We thank you that we, we don't have to do this on our own. You've made a way. You've made a way for us to become everything you created us to be, everything you want us to be. And we thank you for that so much today. I pray today that our lives will be restored, Lord, that this word will help people to move further along in this restoration process and that we will become everything you've called us to be. We just thank you and love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So now I want to tell you what's going on here, okay? This is Doug's version of this scripture. You know, how many of you guys do that? How many of you read scripture, then you do your own version? Okay, so Jeremiah's just hanging out, okay? He's just standing there, he's hanging out, and uh, Jeremiah says, and, and the spirit comes to Jeremiah and says, hey, I want you to take a little trip. I want you to walk down to the potter's house and see what the potter's doing. So Jeremiah goes down to the potter's house, and he's watching the potter work on a wheel. Now, I've always, been, uh, I've always been enamored with the arts. I've always loved the arts. I, you know, uh, I do a little bit of painting on, on the, uh, you know, a little bit of oil painting, that kind of thing. But um, my, uh, you know, I, I had the opportunity when I worked for a TV station to do a story on uh, a, an event that was going on. And the pot, and one of the events was for a museum, uh, and an art museum, and they, these people were making pots on the wheel. And it was so amazing because that person took their hand and they, they sat there and they were forming the, the clay into what they wanted as the wheel turned. And they would add the water to it and, and make sure that it stayed wet and make sure that, that it stayed hydrated. And they, they would be sitting there and they'd be forming it in their hand and then if they messed up, what would happen was they would take that and they would lump it up again, put more water on it, and start forming it again. Because the potter had in his mind what he wanted to form. The potter had in his mind what kind of vessel he wanted to make. One thing I love about the King James Version is that uh, in the King James Version it says that uh, the potter, he, uh, God tells Jeremiah, I make some vessels for noble purposes and some for common use. Not all of us are going to, you know, go out and do great things. Not all of us are going to, but some of us are just going to go to work every day. And, and, and we're going to, to uh, share the gospel with the people we work with. 
with the people in our sphere of influence, with the people who are around us, who uh, we come in contact every day. Not all of us are going to stand before hundreds of thousands of people in Africa preaching the gospel, or pastor churches of nine and 10,000, or, or even a church of 100. Not all of us are going to do that. But God has formed us and made us into what he wants us to be so that we could do what he wants us to do in our lives and where we're at. And see, that's what Jeremiah is seeing when he goes to the potter's house. When he goes down to the potter's house, he's seeing that he is working on the clay. And God says, this is what the people of Israel are. And how many of you know that there's a parallel between us and the people of Israel? How many of you know that there's a parallel between the, the people of God today and the people of Israel? And I love this story so much because it shows the heart of God. It shows God's heart. It shows who he is. The potter forming clay is a process. He just doesn't throw the lump on the wheel and all of a sudden it's done. Like I said earlier, you know, he's got his hands on it. He's forming it. He's spinning the, the wheel around and, and adding the water. You know, it, it, it's a process. Romans 8, 28, you know, all of us know, know that. All things work to get, for the good of those who love the Lord and are called to his purpose. But then Romans uh, eight twenty nine, it goes on there and it says that uh, for those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. We as Christians are being formed into the image of Jesus Christ. God is forming you today, and, and it just doesn't happen. And, you know, a lot, of, a lot of times we think, you know, when we get saved, everything's just going to go smooth, right? Everything's just going to go smooth, and, uh, you know, uh, I love to fish. And my uh, father-in-law, he lives in Tennessee, he lives close to a lake, and he has a bass boat, and it's like 225-horsepower engine on it, Okay. Now, why someone puts a 225-horsepower engine on the water and thinks that in a fishing tournament that you need to get somewhere as quick as you can is beyond me. But when you start going that fast with that many boats on the water, the water gets choppy. You know, I, I like that smooth water. You know, you're just starting off, you know, and they, they've got these zones called no-wake zones, and, and, and you're just it's almost like you're gliding on the water. But when you get in that... In that uh, in that area where all these boats are going out to try to catch fish, I mean, bass fishing tournaments, I mean, it's cutthroat, baby. I mean, it is. You know, they, they want to get to their spot. They want to catch the big bass. They want to win the tournament. And, you know, you're sitting there with, on this bass boat, and all of a sudden you're, you're hydroplaning. Anybody here ever hydroplaned? You know, on the cart's bad. On a bass boat, you're flying through the air. Your boat all of a sudden becomes a plane. And you're holding on for dear life. You're losing sunglasses. You're losing hats. You're losing fishing rods over the side that you'll never get back. So, but you know, a lot of people think that, you know, the Christian life is going to be like that smooth water. But really, it's, it's, sometimes it's like that bumpy water. And you're going, you're going 100 miles an hour, which I, I've been up to almost 100 miles an hour on the water, 80, 90 miles per hour on the water. And you're going, and that, that wind is whipping at you and whipping in your face, and you're trying to, trying to just, you know, you feel like you're trying to just stay alive. But 
But, you know, that's, a, that's how it is being a Christian sometimes. Sometimes we have that. Sometimes we, we you know, in, in this walk with Christ, it's not the easiest thing. But it's a process. And we have to go through the process to get to the other side. It's not something that we, we just, you know, all of a sudden we're, we're, we're there. We made it. We've arrived. You know, the thing I found so interesting was that the clay got marred. That's what it says there. The clay gets marred. How I many of you know we as people, we get marred? Anybody here ever been marred? You know, many things in life can mar us. You know, years ago there was a song out and it said, everybody hurts. Everybody goes through pain. Everybody goes through struggles. And my, you know, in my life I look back, you know, I started out the ministry when, I started preaching when I was 15, started out in the ministry at 19. And I look back and, you know, some of the greatest places of hurt was in the church especially as, as a minister. Pray for your ministers. Pray for those who lead you. Pray for those who are uh, here to, to help you out, to help you grow in Christ, to help you in that process. Because it's so easy to get hurt in the ministry. But even in the church, you get hurt. And people, people sometimes say things. People sometimes do things. You know, Jesus gave us a, a, a great way to handle issues with other people it says he said that if you have an issue with somebody to go to them and talk to them and get it straightened out but many times it's a lot easier to tell someone else isn't it and you know when we hear that someone else has said something about us all of a sudden this hurt comes in we get hurt we get pains so i'm gonna have taylor come up here for a minute You know, sometimes when we get hurts and we get pains, got the, move your glass up here. We do, we, the first thing we do is, in life, is we put on a mask. We put on a mask. So we're going to put this mask on Taylor. I said something about Taylor this week. He got back to him, so he's been hurt. <laughs> so... The first thing we do is put on this mask. We don't want to show people what we're really thinking. You know, I, I hate texting. I hate it. You know, even with the little emojis. How many, of you, how many of you, especially older people, feel that way? You know, because you can't see someone's face. You can't hear the, the tone of their voice. So we put on these masks. You know, we text. You know, we give the thumbs up. Or, you know, we, we give the smiley face when someone asks us how we're doing. And... We put on a mask to hide what's really going on on the inside of us. We put on masks to cover what our face is really saying. And then after we put on the mask, we end up trying to, trying to cover ourselves so that we do not face hurt. Now, this bubble wrap, I told Taylor Youth that he could take this to the youth room next Wednesday and you guys can pop all the bubbles if you're into that so but so what we do what we do is we start wrapping ourselves in this bubble wrap we start making sure 
that no matter what happens in life, that it's not gonna, it's not gonna affect us. You know, we we learn this from the time we're children. <laughs> we learn this from the time we're children. But we learn this from the time we're children, you know. It, even, even science says that, you know, we, we, we start learning, you know, when, when you have a child. I've got two sons. Uh, my oldest is here. My youngest is in the military, and, and he's deployed right now. But uh, we have, uh, you know, when, when, when we are young, when my kids were young, they started learning stuff. If they, want, if they were hungry, they learned to cry. I mean, it was just automatic. Then as they get older, they learn how to bid the parents against each other. Anybody ever had that happen? You know, but also during that time, we learn fight or flight. We learn how to, we learn how to, uh, how to, uh, um, we learn how to, um, you know, d d decide how we're going to react. We learn how to decide how we're going to react to certain situations that happen to us. And it starts at a young age. But it's almost like train tracks are put through our mind. And every time we enter that, that situation, every time we come to a stop on the train, our mind is thinking, okay, how do I deal with this? How do I deal with this? And a lot of the ways that we deal with that is by putting on a mask and protecting ourselves. And sometimes that can mess up how we walk through life. Sometimes it can even mess up our Christian walk and mar our Christian walk. You know, how many of you have ever said, I don't want to do that because all, all it's going to happen is I'm going to get hurt? Anybody ever had that happen in your family? You know, you said, oh, I'm not going to this family event because... I know that so-and-so at this event is going to hurt me. We get marred so easily today. And the only way, and if you look through science, you know, science says that the only way that that's taken care of is if something, that railroad track has track laid on top of it. Now, I don't know what the official... Uh, Meaning of that, is, I mean, you know, the official terminology of that is, my son, he, uh, he's got a degree in psychology and a minor in neuroscience. And, uh, you know, I heard all these terms years ago when he was in college. He would come home, and it would be like torture. I'd have to sit down and watch all these documentaries on psychology and CTE and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, and all these big words that I didn't understand. But the realization is that has to be taken away. Jesus has to come in, and he has to help us to undo all the stuff that we did to try to protect ourselves and insulate ourselves from being hurt. And then, he's the one who can take off our mask. And you see, that's, that's what we need in life. That's what we need in this process of walking with God, of, of being a Christian. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to know. Thanks, Taylor. I appreciate it. That's what we need to know, that, that God can take that. God could do that. You know, I, they, they say that you could change your habits, what, in 30 days? 
you know, you're just laying new track. You're just learning something new. And, you know, we, we've got to understand that we cannot guard ourselves and, our, and protect ourselves. We've got to rely on Jesus. We've got to rely on Jesus. Now, the beautiful part is the thing we see about God here is that God saw Jeremiah and he, he, he saw the potter. He knew what the potter was going to do because there's a process there, right? But God is a God of restoration. This scripture that, we're, that we see here is showing us that God was wanting to restore the people of Israel and he was telling them what they needed to do to be restored. He was wanting to bring them into the place that they were originally created to be. Now, how many of you men, and maybe some of you women, like to restore cars? Anybody ever, ever restored cars? Now, I, I'm not a mechanic. You don't want me working on your car. I mean, that, that's the last thing you want, you know. I used, to tell, I used to tell people in the churches that we pastored two things. I said, I don't have, I, I, I'm not a carpenter, so I don't have that in common with Jesus. You don't want me to come over and work on your house. Because, uh, you know, one important thing is that everything's level. And uh, when I do stuff, sometimes it ends up level, sometimes it doesn't. So, uh, and that, then I told them, you don't want me working on your car. You know, when I get into those things, and you can ask my wife, in the South, we pastored in the South, they had this, uh, they had the saying, and it was, uh, makes a preacher want to cuss. Well, when I do construction, and when I do car, that's how it is for me. You know, I mean, it, it, it's that bad. And I tell my wife, I'm saying, I'm just so frustrated. But, you know, God, like people restore the cars, God has formed you just as the potter forms the clay. God has formed you for a purpose. God has formed you for something in your life. And when we get marred, when things happen in life, hey, it may not be fair. It, it, it may not be right. But we've got to understand that God can restore us. God is our restoration. God's whole purpose, Jesus came to restore. Jesus came to restore those who were hurting. Jesus came to bring back those who were lost. Jesus came to put us in the place that we were created to live. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to, to have that. Now my mom and stepdad are here today and I, I asked her for permission to use her as an example. She's giving me that look over there. But uh, you know, when I was a kid, my, my parents went through a nasty divorce. And I'm not talking about, you know, today probably both of them would end up in jail. You know, we were, we were kidnapped. You know, we'd had an a Amber Alert put out for us by one parent, you know, and, uh, you know, they, there was fighting. I mean, it was, it was like, it was like a, a WWE match <laughs> in our family. But it caused a lot of division with me and my sister and our parents. And, you know, there was a lot of hurt that came from that. 
And going throughout life, there were always things that happened, even as adults. How many of you know the people that are going to hurt you are the people that are closest to you? The people that you let into your inner circle. That's why we put the mask. That's why we put the, you know, uh, surround ourselves by something that's going to protect us. Because that is what is going to, that, that's what we think is going to help us. You know, I've been through issues with pastors. I've lost jobs. I've made mistakes with my family that cost our family. And you know what? It doesn't matter what all has been done. Some of it, the world brought to my doorstep and put into my life. Some of it are decisions that I made. And sometimes it's just because of sin. But no matter what I've done, God is always in the process of restoring me. God is always in the process of restoring you. When you get marred, whatever the situation is, whatever the circumstance is, whoever did it, whoever, whoever it is that hurts you in life or whatever circumstance hurts you in life, God wants to restore it. God wants to restore it. Melissa, we're going to have you come. I know it's a little bit early today. It's not our normal 11.30. But I want to I tell you one more story, one of my other favorite stories from the Bible. And it comes from 1 Kings, the ninth chapter. The ninth through 18th verse. You know, Elijah is running. I mean, he's scared for his life. You know, he is hiding out in this cave. And he's sitting there in this cave, and he, he's sitting there, and he's like, I can imagine, you know, I mean, this, this is my version of what, what's going on there. He's sitting in this cave, and he's like, okay, God, what is going on? What is going on here? He's like, all these people want to kill me. All these people want to hurt me. Man, you, God, you've just let me out here to, to hang. If they find me in this cave, I'm dead. And all of a sudden, God says, be ready because I'm going to come and talk with you. And all of a sudden, Elijah, he hears this wind, and this wind is powerful. It cracks the rocks. I mean, that's how powerful this wind is. And Elijah goes out. God's not there. There's an earthquake. And he feels the earth shake around him. He goes out. God's not there. And then there's this big fire. And he goes out. And God's not in the fire. But then all of a sudden, God whispers to him. God speaks softly to him. This was God's restoration power. You know, so many times we want to run to the big things. We want to run to where, where the wind is, the earthquake or the fire. But God is here today and he's speaking to you in a soft voice. And he's saying, I want to restore you. However you've been hurt, whoever's hurt you, whatever's gone on in your life, God wants to restore you today. 
If you would, I'd like just for everybody to stand just for a few minutes. Today, you may be on the potter's wheel. I mean, if, if you're if you're wanting to live for Jesus, I, I feel like that's a place that we're all at, on His will. Because if you live for Jesus, He never stops molding you. Dorothy, has He stopped molding you yet? Has Jesus has God stopped molding you? He doesn't stop molding us. He's always, you know, we're we're never going to arrive until we walk into the kingdom. Today. You may be here and you're like, you know, Doug, I feel marred. I feel marred. I feel like I have not dealt with hurts and pains from the past, and it's kept me from being everything that God wants me to be. If that's you here today, God wants to restore you. Adam and Eve were not created to live with sin. Adam and Eve were not created to live with disease. Adam and Eve weren't created to live with pain. But they ate that apple, but Jesus came to restore. Isaiah 53 and 5. Most of us know it and could quote it by heart. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon. Jesus came to restore peace, not only to restore your, 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 your body and your spirit, but also to restore your mind and restore peace to your mind. And sometimes that's so hard to, for us to, to, get, to, to grab. It's so hard for us to grab. Because some of us haven't known peace for years. But God wants to give you peace today. I want everybody just to bow your head and close your eyes. Maybe you today can say, you know, Doug, I'm not on that wheel. I'm not in that process of be, becoming more like Christ. But I know I need him today. If that's you here today, I want you to just, just to raise your hand. And I want you to say that I need Jesus. I need Jesus. If you need Jesus, he's here to meet you today. He's here to bring you to that place. He's here to bring you to that place. The second thing I want to ask is maybe you're here today and you're struggling. You've had hurt and you've had pain in your life. I mean, it, it could be 50, 60 years old, however long it is. But you feel marred today. need Jesus to come today to take you as a lump of clay to put his hands on you and begin that process of restoring you today if that's you here today I want you to raise your hand I want you to raise your hand now I want you to take a step of faith I just want you to come out we've got time today we're, we're finishing a bit. I want you to step out if you want prayer. If you want prayer, I want you to step out. I want some of the pastoral staff to come up. If you want prayer today, and we're going to pray, but if you feel like you need prayer, 
to help with the hurts and the pains and for God to minister to you in a personal way. If that's you here today, I want you to step out from where you're at. And one of these, one of these people on the pastoral staff will pray, will pray for you. You don't have to if you lifted your hand because I'm going to pray. But if you feel like you need prayer today, there's people here who love you and who will help you, who will help pray for you in a way that will help you on your journey. Anyone else here want prayer? We're going to go ahead and pray today. But if you raise your hands, I just want you to raise your hand to him today. And I just want you to say right now, Lord, forgive me for my sins. And I want you to do the work of restoration in my life. I want you to do the work of restoration in my life. And then if you, if you just said that, if you said, Lord, forgive me of my sins and do the work of restoration in my life, I want you to find someone. Find one of, these, one of these pastoral staff and I want you to talk to them so that they can help you on this journey. We're going to pray today, but I'm going to pray for restoration today. If you say, that's me, Doug, I, need to, I, I want to be restored. I just want you to raise your hand and we're going to pray. Heavenly Fathers, we come before you today. We just praise you and we glorify you. We, I thank you for the restoration work you've done in my life, Lord. I thank you that I don't have to walk in the, in the hurt and the pain from the past, Lord. But that you have made a way. You want to restore me to what I was created to be today, Lord. I thank you for that today. I just pray for everyone that raised their hand and everyone who's going through the struggles and hurt and pain. Those who maybe their life hasn't, hasn't turned out like they thought it would. Maybe their marriage has ended and they, they thought that it was going to be a forever thing. Lord, you know where everybody's at today. You know our hearts. You know our minds, Lord. I pray right now that your spirit would be released into, into the lives of those who are hurting today, those who are dismayed, those who don't who feel like they, they, they're just not making it. I pray that you would touch today and that you would minister, that you would heal. Father, we just praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name.